Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. One of the things Jesus said is that we needed to be we need to love one another and and the Bible is full of examples of intergenerational relationships. There was always a desperate need for that, and in our society today, we seem to have missed a lot of that. We welcome back to the show Hans Finzel, who's brought along a co-author with him, Patrick Kelly. We're super glad to have you guys on the show today. Welcome to I Work For Him. Let me just ask you a question. How, how does faith shape your work life? How does shape faith your work? Well, my work nowadays is all about leadership and training leaders, and I feel like uh, I kind of believe in a biblical view of leadership, which is what I call servant leadership, so... In my training and my teaching and my writing about leadership, I really try to emphasize that Christian leaders are different than secular leaders in that extra aspect of uh, servant leadership, which Christ, of course, was the greatest example. And I always like to say servant leadership is not weak leadership. It's having an attitude that you're not the most important person in the room and everybody else on the team is important. You know, we can't make a single goal without everybody on the team. So that's really the core of how my faith shapes my work. A lot of people who are bosses, they think, well, I'm the boss because I'm the smartest person, and I'm the most gifted, and I own this place, you know, and, and I'm I'm what it's all about. But that's, that's not good leadership. Good leadership is I may be in charge, but it's about we. It's not about me. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a good leader realizes that he can't get it all done by himself. And a really good leader hires people to surround him or her that are way smarter and way more talented than, than the leader is. Isn't that true, Hans? Absolutely. Patrick, there's this conflict. You've seen it. You're a millennial. And at what point in time did you start to realize that boomers in the workplace did not appreciate your approach to life? Very, very early on. I mean, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since, you know, I'd say my high school days. You know, I was the, the kid running around the neighborhood, um, washing cars and mowing lawns. And, you know, there was a certain way that the older generation wanted things done, right? So even working with my dad growing up, and I know when my dad's a boomer, I'm actually pretty much the same age as Hans. Um, but act very differently. It was more of a do-as-I-say mentality. When I went to go mow lawns, my dad would tell me how to mow the lines in the lawn to that person's house, you know, when to leave to get there. You know, all these different things that I know were skills to set me up for success, the right task to say, hey, check on this or do this. But it seemed more of like if it wasn't their way, then it was completely thrown out. Um, I experienced that at a very early age, and even going through, as I said, my professional career started very young, and my, you know, for my work. Um, but I always dealt with boomers at an early age, saying, "No, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not how you're supposed to do it. Hey, you need to respect what we're telling you. Don't ask why." Um, so, at a very, very early age, I started to see, you know, the the gaps in me trying to say, "Hey, well, I'm going to do it this way." Or, oh, I'll, I'll go 
um, you know, do the line zigzag instead of, you know, horizontally or vertically. It was, no, do what you're told. Mm. So if you were to define the millennial generation, Patrick Kelly, how would you define it? You know, if I, would say, I would say entrepreneurial. I mean, I would say they, they like to create their own ways of doing things. They look at some of the systems, the structures, the brands, um, relationships, how we do things as more on a schematic view or a blueprint, I would say. And, and, and I speak for myself, but I can't speak for an entire generation. I, you know, sometimes I wish I could, but I can't. Um, because I see so many generalizations, but I look at it as a schematic, and I, I look at the blueprint, I tear it apart and say, hey, what are we not doing right? What are we doing here? Um, and really pick apart. So I would say um, very systematic and, and uh, entrepreneurial. You know, conflict between generations is inevitable. We got the traditionalists who are who, who fought World War II and World War One, and, and their incredible generation, and the boomers who came out after World War II, and then the Xers who just everybody forgets about them, and the millennials who are taking over the world. There's conflict between these generations, but everybody's created in the image of God. Yet each one of us has been given a unique perspective through our unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities. We look at life differently through a filter, and our filter is given it's the perspective of our filter just is how we see things and experience things and we experience conflict when we are surrounded by people who don't think like us so conflict between friends is one thing but conflicts between generations is a conflict of epic proportions and that's what we're seeing about seeing today between the generations in the workplace in the church place too in the neighborhood place we need to understand each other. And as Christ followers, we were called to bring about flourishing in the world. And so if we got conflict with somebody, we need to just get to know them. Because once we get to know somebody, there's a real solution. But we got experts that can talk about this stuff. we got Hans Finzel, Dr. Hans Finzel, I'm reminded, and Patrick Kelly. They wrote this book, Millennial Boom. It's got an exclamation point. You say so that say really like that. well. I like that. Helping millennials and boomers thrive together in life and work. You know, and maybe bring along the Xers, too. Do millennials and and extras get along, Hans Finzel? Well, actually, you know, you bring up a good point. I mean, all these are generalizations. I, I I think one reason Patrick and I hit it off so well, and of course, I have four millennial kids of my own, is that I have a lot of millennial uh, characteristics in me, and then I find millennials who have a lot of boomer characteristics, and then you know, I have Gen X. So it, it's only you know, this whole generalization only goes so far. And I think what we've written about is really different generations getting along. So there's a lot for you Gen Xers to glean (laughs) out of what we've learned. But what's very important to understand is that every generation has its own culture. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get different generational cultures to understand each other and get along. You know, I was a missionary work my whole career, and I taught missionaries. First thing you do when you land in the new culture you learn the language and figure right. out how to communicate with them. And this is the exact same thing. Exactly. We love that. And so, um, but you guys, and you referred to a book that you've written. So um, we want to make sure that our listeners know it's Millennial Boom. And um, what, one of the things I think what you're saying is that you wrote from your expertise, that you wrote as a boomer, Patrick wrote as a millennial and coming together, because I think that's where you come out of. So um, Hans, define for us, the boomer generation, especially in the workplace? What does that look like? 
Uh, it's the old gray hairs now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They've got uh, hair. You know, we were born between 1946 and 64. We're in our 60s and 70s, so we're the mostly the oldest generation still in the workforce. There's a few builders left, but we are the 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 uh, elder statement statesmen in the workforce today, and we are such a massive generation, and we're a bunch of control freaks, and we want everybody to do it our way. And uh, by the way, this is how Patrick and I started our friendship on this airplane halfway across the Pacific Ocean from California to China. And Patrick said to me, you know, you're not like most boomers I'm, I know. I don't really like boomers, <laughs> but you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty cool, and I, that's how the friendship began. But and then you start telling me the pain of having to work in his industry, which is the fruit industry in Central California, and how it's all dominated by these old boomers who are very rigid and very condescending against the millennials. That's kind of how the whole thing was born. Because I'm not condescending. I, I love millennials. I've learned to appreciate what's good about them. But that's but the boomers are the oldest people in the workforce today. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about getting along in the workplace. What are what are some of Patrick Kelly? What are some of the things you're seeing people not get along? I mean, what are some of the conflict points? Just give us two or three of them that you see constantly grading together between the millennials and let's say the older generations. Because again, we don't want to exclude us Xers. Because okay, I'll let it go. Okay, Martha's throwing things at me now. Okay, <laughs> so what are some of the conflicts you see at work? What are some of the things that you see friction being caused between these generations? First of all, I got to go back to the extra comments. You know, I held my breath long enough to listen to what was going on in that conversation until now. So I just want to make it very clear because I have a lot of Generation X friends, and then I will go to the conflicts. But Generation X are a bunch of great, cool people. I love them, right? Their generation is just as big as the millennial generation, and they have the same parents as we do. Some even have parents of the silent generation, though. But they grew up just before us living on the I do's and I don't, and, and grew up with minimal technology. They're very, very, very keen to their routine, and they are a group of people that saw a little more than millennials did but stayed really close to the status quo. Now, listen, they go to work, they go to church, they go to the gym, and they repeat that, okay? Sometimes they don't even stray from it. They're very good at what they do. <laughs> what I have learned from those exes and what they've taught me throughout my life is that they have paved the way for millennials to be entrepreneurial. They have paved the way for us to battle with the boomers in work and life. Why? Because when we hung out with the Generation X as millennials when we were kids, they would say, hey, figure it out yourself. Don't do it that way. I don't care what you do. As kids growing up, those, three, those, those kids that were three to four years older, right, as I was a, a freshman, those, uh, those seniors or first-dread college, uh, college uh, freshmen, is who I was hanging out with, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I would get. So I will never say that the flyover generation, because they're in management now, they're working the positions that we want to surpass, and they've also paved that way for us to be a little bit more entrepreneurial in my um, mind um, than our parents did. I will tell you that I have consulted for over two dozen companies in the last three years, and everybody, as soon as I walk in, it's, why aren't these millennials like you? You know, and I'm only, I've only had an hour of conversation or two hours of conversation with them. It's why aren't they like you? Why aren't they, you know, go-getting? Why don't they want to be to work on time? Why are they just not aggressive in opening the box? And, 
you know, it's these little generalizations that plague a workplace. I mean, Hans and I talk about it in the book many times. Um, that's why we have a lot of different quotes throughout the book in each chapter um, talking about these, is that everybody generalizes way too much. That's number one. Um, number two, they be- a lot of people believe that we do not have this work ethic because we were given the trophies, right? They don't, they don't believe that we were given so much, we were given everything, that when we come to work, it's almost like, blah, ah, it's like boring for us, right? So there's that, there's that negative stigmatism of going to work, right? Why aren't you guys showing up on time, right? Creating, creating a culture. Hans talked about each generation having a culture. We have a little bit of a different culture. We never liked the traditional nine-to-five. We want to work at a lot at our own pace and pursue more free work environments. We believe that will accomplish more, being able to understand each individual speak with them on our own terms, how we, how we collect our thoughts. You know, that's why the offices, if you notice, a lot of offices went from the, you know, um, cubicle offices or even very private offices to the open floor spaces, right, the co-working stations. They're now starting to get rid of co-working stations at offices, downsizing their offices, and letting more of each generation work from remote, work remote, and challenging them, and I've seen this in my work, is we're challenging them to go above and beyond while they're gone and having to work at Starbucks. Putting new, um, uh, what would you call them, lost the word in my head right now, but um, holding them accountable. There we go. We're holding them accountable in certain ways, saying, listen, if you're going to work from home this week then, or work from Starbucks or work from the road, then your goal is to network with three to five people while you're out in, you know, in the field, right? So mm. you know, different things like that. And, but we're seeing that conflict, right, create solutions for us to thrive together. You know, you, you, the boomer generation is leaving the workplace here, and over the next 15 years, they'll be, for the most part, gone. Out of the out of the workplace. I mean, there'll be some stragglers, but why is it you think that we get stuck on generalizations instead of getting to know people anymore? What, what keeps us from building relationships in the workplace so that we don't do this generalization thing? I think it's two things. Uh, first of all, it's ethnocentricity. We are all we like people who are like us, and we don't like people generally who are not like us. You know, uh, and that's true generationally. You know, as we get older, we have what I call the hardening of the categories. You know, we get more <laughs> and more rigid, and we want people to be like us, and we like to work with people that are like us. And that's one of the big problems. The second thing is pride. You know, I think that um, if you're arrogant, if you're proud, you also think, well, people need to be like me, work like me, do things like me. And when I look work with people that are different, I don't like it. So please become like me. Well, I just decided a long time ago that's not biblical. That's not compassion. You know, we need to get out of ourselves. I guess it's because I've had a history of working in a hundred countries around the world, and I love other cultures. And to me, as a boomer, the millennials are a culture that I need yeah. to study and embrace. And hey, guess what? They're going to take my place. And then that's fine. People have a full of pride. They're threatened by millennials. They really are. To me, I'm like, you know, I want to mentor them. I want to uh, be with them because they're going to take my place. And if if I want my work to endure, it'd be nice to mentor 
Gen Xers and millennials who can take my place. That's what happened to me six years ago when I gave up my position as a ministry CEO after 20 years. Hey, you'll be glad to hear I was replaced by a Gen Xer. <laughs> and, uh, and this guy's Jeff is doing a fabulous job, and he was on my team, and I helped develop him, and I'm proud of the fact that the work that I laid the foundation for is going on with the next generation. So we got to get out of ourselves, and we've got to study and learn to embrace these new generations. That's kind of my, my perspective. Patrick Kelly, tell us who the book is for, Millennial Boom, that you've written here with uh, Hans Finzel. Who are you hoping will pick up this book, and what kind of impact are you hoping it will make? So when our listeners hear it, they know, is this a book I should be picking up? Yeah, so I mean, at first we started with we wanted to touch the lives of business professionals, right, at first. But then it, it, it became more. As I start talking to people, it's everyone. It's, it's millennials, it's boomers, it's Xers, it's the next generation coming up. And that's what I started to notice. It's not just about boomers and millennials. Um, California State University Fresno, my alumni actually just picked up my book, or Hans and I's book, for a one-credit mentor course which is an introduction to mentoring to get you into the business school or the entrepreneurship program. And when we started going over this, she said it's not about millennials and it's not about boomers. It's about getting the next generation to feel comfortable talking to the next generation or the one below them, getting them outside their comfort zone to make a difference and start being themselves in the world, being authentic, Mm. being transparent, and being loyal. You've been listening to I Work Brand with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace? Definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.